the, the, the ground reality is that everyone's overwhelmed. And, the, and, 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 and what that means is that it's very difficult for people to make decisions because they're overwhelmed with information. And so the way you present information in this environment today is especially important. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, brought to you by SME Strategy, your strategic partners when it comes to aligning and leading strategy. And today, I am joined by Douglas Douglas Cole. Douglas, how's it going today? It's going great. Really nice to see you, Anthony. Excellent. Likewise. So Douglas is an enterprise sales leader at LinkedIn. He's the author of the Sales MBA, How to Influence Corporate Buyers. And I'm just excited to talk to you about, you know, what you do, your life, your background. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? Uh, yeah, no, my uh, career is sort of two parts, I would say. It was initially all about consulting. I worked for a global uh, strategy consultancy. I was an independent consultant. I worked for uh, an online talent consulting platform. And then I switched over into sales and tech. And and I've been there you know, for the last several years, uh, mostly with LinkedIn. And uh, in that capacity, I've been working with a bunch of te- teams who are trying to build our relationships with large corporate clients. And then in addition to that, my, my other hat I wear professionally is is in academia. So I do part-time lecturing with the Rotman School in Toronto and the Schulich School, where I teach courses on consulting fundamentals and sales fundamentals. That's awesome. Well, let's let's get right into the fundamentals. It's 2023. The world is, I'll call it not exactly optimistic about how the world is going. People are being tighter with their budgets. It's, I don't want to say harder to get in front of people, but the the war of attention is is certainly a challenging one. What are you seeing in the B2B space? What are you seeing with relationships and how can business owners and executives be successful in in driving forward their kind of revenue growth and, and relationship building strategies forward? Yeah, I think that uh, one of the, the most obvious challenges about the time we're living in right now is that it, it is clearly, for many people, the most challenging phase that they have had to go through from a selling perspective in recent memory. And that means it's very hard to maintain your team's morale. And it's very it's very easy for your team to, to feel as though they're overwhelmed and that they, they don't have any you know, traction with their, their, their own personal agendas. So I think that um, it is really important to go back to basics. I think that uh, that in when you're leading teams and you are trying to keep their spirits high and give them a sense that they can grab onto something and get traction and momentum, I think it is important to, to, to go back and to the basics of understanding how you deliver value to your clients and revisiting this from first principles. So you know we can talk about practically how to do that, but you know my my feeling is that it requires us to think about the strategic dimension and 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 how we are actually you know, relevantly presenting ourselves as a relevant uh, support or link to the the strategy of our clients. That's that's what I'm trying to emphasize a lot with uh, my own team. I see a lot of leaders doing the same thing. Cool. So how, like, obviously we talk about, you know, the basics of delivering value, and then you have leaders that have a gajillion things on their plate. 
without getting too like per- prescriptive, you know, what are the, some of the things that uh, if you're able to say at LinkedIn or just, you know, what you tell your team, you know, how, how do you open those conversations up? How do you create those relationships with people who are inundated with, with stuff going on? Yeah. Well, let me give you one general observation, and then we can talk about uh, some of the details of that and how it plays out. But one general observation I would say is that, and this is actually a piece of LinkedIn research that came out several months ago from 2022, there was a study that was done on the state of sales, and they looked at uh, they, they looked at top performers. They looked at a subset of people in B2B sales who were doing very well. In other words, they were attaining at least 150% of their quota. And they try to look at what are the patterns for these individuals? What are they doing differently from average reps? And what they found was that these individuals are, they are actually willing to sacrifice the quantity of time with a client for quality of that engagement. They're spending a lot more time researching and, and trying to figure out exactly how it is that they are adding value strategically to that client so that when they do reach out or they do actually manage to engage with that client, they have something to say that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's actually valuable. And I think that um, it, it, this is relevant now because the world, as you know, I think we all know, is completely overwhelming that the informational environment we're all living in right now is completely overwhelming and just in terms of everything we're expected to absorb and process. And so anyone who's in a in a business development or sales capacity is acutely aware of how people's attention is shrinking because of the complete overabundance of supply of of outreach messaging. And so this just this is this creates or it creates a need for a certain amount of discipline. It's tempting just to want to do more, 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 more in order to, you know, to to to, to satisfy a numbers game of being the, you know, the one or two percent of communications that get through. But the discipline comes in saying, well, I'm actually going to hold back and I'm going to figure out who my most important clients are. And I'm going to make sure that I research them at much greater length than I initially wanted to, so that I do have something to say. So that's the general that's the general observation I would say from from the report on the state of sales that really stands out uh, for, for a distinguishing behavior that we see with with top performers. Then I would suggest that there are certain ways to to think about this practically and tactically, and and so for example, you know, a lot of people will use the term, well, I just, I want to align with my client's strategy. And it doesn't really mean that much, right? And most people, when they're pressed to define what they mean by a company's strategy and how they can align to it, you, you quickly re- discover that the word strategy is just sort of this general term that basically means higher level thinking, but it, it, it doesn't actually show a clear understanding of what it takes to define a business strategy. And so what I've done in my book, The, the Sales MBA, so I've tried to you know, take this right down to the studs and, and try to put into some pretty simple and practical terms how you think about a strategy. And, and, and what I've suggested is that there are two primary questions that uh, you need to be able to answer on behalf of your client. If you're trying to service that client, you need to understand where do they compete and how do they win? And the reason why those two questions are so important to be able to answer is that a strategy again we're talking about the basics of the basics of the, a strategy is a is a as a set of hard choices and trade-offs that a company has made they have decided not to compete and not to not to uh, not to place themselves in a competitive context in most instances of where they could in, in fact conceivably compete and they've said no we're going to focus on this area we're going to focus on this geography or this segment or this particular buyer because we believe that we are we are best positioned to add value to that buyer. And the reason why 
is because we have these competitive advantages. So hence the two questions, where do they compete and how do they win? You need to understand what their focus is and need to understand what their relative advantages are. That's essentially what it means to be able to understand a, a client strategy, because if you understand those things, then you could, or, or then you're in a position to be able to to support them legitimately. To say, I understand that you have made these choices and trade offs. Here's how we can strengthen your competitive position. Well, I think it's really interesting because you have. You know, as as somebody who sells myself, you know, I'm a CEO, I'm doing sales, I'm doing outreach, obviously, my own competitive positioning, my own ability to say, hey, I'm better or different than someone else. And then yeah. also the research into, you know, how is this company playing? And, you know, we, we talk about alignment a lot, you know, aligning yourself with your clients so that it can be the best fit, especially as, you know, people are not only getting tons of messages and focusing on so many things, but also they have limited resources and they're tightening their budgets. So what do you say to sales leaders as they're looking for fit, looking to build relationships? And if there's anything, you know, specifically from the book, you say, hey, here's how you can kind of tailor that, not necessarily the message, but the alignment with a client or prospect. Yeah, well, I, again, let me just go about this in two ways. Uh, you know, the, the general observation and then the practical applications. So, um, the book, the, the way that I've organized the sales MBA, just just to give you the the, the quick overview, is that there the book is organized around three foundations. So the book talks about how B two B sales is fundamentally about understanding three different conversations that are happening in any B two B conversation. Uh, that that sales conversation is really three conversations. And it's it's basically a, a conversation about the external environment, which is about how that company competes and wins, you know, against within those com- those competitive dynamics, as we were just talking about. It's also a conversation about what the, the organizational dynamics, you know, what's top of mind, what are the things that the, the themes and, and the, the, uh, the the mandates that are getting most airplay within that company. And then there's the, the third conversation, which is more of an interpersonal conversation. What is it that matters to that person? What are the details that he or she care about, cares about? And and how can I make that m- most relevant, m- make my materials most relevant to that person? So you have this, you know, this, this external organizational and interpersonal dimension, which is why my book is organized around being a strategist to talk to the external piece, being a change agent to talk to the organizational piece, and being a decision architect to speak to the interpersonal piece. So to go back to your question of of addressing this challenge of a client who has multiple priorities and is trying to balance them, it starts very much with that first question of the strategy piece and understand how, how you link to that those two questions of where do they compete, how do they win? I think the next level down is this organizational piece of understanding what is getting most of the energy within that company right now and how how can you feed that energy? What are the, the initiatives that are top of mind? And because I think that what happens is it, this allows you to think about something like, let's say, resource constraints with a little bit more subtlety. You know, the temptation is to say, well, uh, this company, like most companies right now, is 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 operating under much tighter resource constraints. They have to lower their cost envelope, let's say, and and therefore they need to cut make cuts across the board. But that's not necessarily an accurate assumption, um, particularly if you understand a, a, a client's strategy and a client's 
uh, organizational dynamics. And so, for example, there was, um, you know, we've been in a case recently where we talk, we've been speaking to a few clients and their initial statement to us has been, well, we can't do this with you. We, we can't expand the program with you because we're, we're decreasing budgets across the board. And what we found was that when we, when we, when we, when we pressed that conversation and when we said to them, well, Let's go back to what you're trying to achieve in the market, the strategy piece. Let's go back to what are the most important initiatives within the company right now. And let's let's figure out whether that actually makes sense to do a across-the-board cut or whether it makes, the sense, makes more sense to do two things, to bring the overall number down, but to actually maybe increase it in certain areas. Even though the, the overall number is, is decreased, it might make sense to actually increase the number within certain for certain budgets. Uh, within the overall number, because that is best aligned with what you're actually trying to do. And so we have been in situations where clients have have not only lowered their budgets, but they've actually increased their budget for one of our programs because we were able to explain that there was a clear connection between that program and the strategic and and the the, the, the not only the strategy, but the, the, the key initiatives that they had on the go. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that. Whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable, to help your team grow and develop, or really to lead a full transformation. So if you're interested, check out smestrategy.net. You can check out our about page, our services page. It'll tell you more about how we do things. And I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help. Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And now let's get back into the episode. That's awesome. I think that's, I mean, the really simple way of saying it's so smart, but that's really being a good salesperson, like a solution provider, because you are being alongside them in terms of what their goals and objectives are, and then providing them a different, uh, like if you, I mean, I'm sure you've read the book Challenger Sale, but, you know, saying, hey, like challenging what you what you think about. And I think that's such a smart way to do things because that's uh, the person I was, well, you, just, you were talking about it, the basics of delivering value. Delivering value is providing something that they might not be able to get somewhere else. And it's not always in the solution, but the like total package of that. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? I really love you know what you're sharing so far. Well, maybe one other piece is um, you know if I go back again to that that framework of being a strategist, being a change agent, being a decision architect. You know, I've found in working with our teams that as we go through each of these, it, it goes one layer deeper in terms of what you can do. So, yeah, as you say, we're in an environment where people's natural resistance is to say, hey, listen, we can't we can't do anything for you because first of all, oh, I'm overwhelmed. And second of all, I need to reduce my spend. 
And having a clear understanding of the strategy, what's top of mind for the company organizationally, that gets gets you a much a much more intelligent, a much subtler conversation with respect to how you can help. Mm-hmm. There is another level down, which is which speaks to the third dimension I was talking about, this interpersonal dynamics. And and I think that um, one of the themes that I see time and time again in client conversations is just the the supreme importance of contrast and how when you're dealing with an individual and you're presenting information, uh, it is so important to be able to to position your information in such a way that you show a contrast between one or at most two alternatives. And the reason I say this is that it goes back to the point that we were discussing up front, which is that the, the, the ground reality is that everyone's overwhelmed. And, the, and, and, and what that means is that it's very difficult for people to make decisions because they're overwhelmed with information. And so the way you present information in this environment today is especially important. It's, it's, it's really, really critical to be able to constrain the amount of information you're providing and to frame it in such a way that you are showing one or two, at most three alternatives so that people have a clear sense of either or. It just much, it's much clearer for for most people in terms of, in terms of what they can do or should do if you simplify the decision in that sort of way. So that would be the one other practical thing I, I would say I've observed. Say, I love that. I mean, it's not. I would say it's this, it's this, the basics. And again, sorry about my face being so close here. Uh, the, the the understanding of how to help your client or your partner, or your prospect or whatever, make the best decision for themselves and to say, hey, here's the alternatives for that. And I think that that applies for leaders. Uh, heck, it applies for parents as well. It's like, hey, are you threatening? Like giving a decision or an ultimatum or a choice. And ultimately, yeah. then if you provide a choice, then they can choose what is the best choice for them? What is the best? option for them yeah would you rather eat the broccoli now or after your first course yeah (laughs) there we go what are some of the things that are really exciting within the team at at linkedin what are you really looking forward to moving into 2023 if there's anything that you can share without you know kind of giving any secret sauce away i think one of the most important things i'm concerned about is how we as a company are very much plugged into the technology trends specifically uh, basically within the realm of AI and how that is going to be affecting so many different industries. I think that the increases in computational power and, and how the, our relationship with data is fundamentally changing as a result of what, uh, what machine learning and artificial intelligence are making more widely available. What I mean is that traditionally in the way that most tech companies thought about data, it was sort of like a cataloging system. Uh, it was a kind of research and retrieval type of capability. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as companies became more and more sophisticated with data and technology, they they developed broader and broader inventories of information that could be more and more easily retrieved through a search function. You know, that that's essentially what data has, uh, what the essence of a competitive advantage with data has amounted to over the last um, you know, few decades. And now we're seeing this big shift, which is uh, from data search to data signals. In other words, how can technology, without us having to perform a, a very a, a manual search, how can data itself serve up signals as to how that data is changing dynamically and and how can it provide those signals in a way that that prompts us to to take a specific action so within linkedin we we are we're making a very conscious shift as a platform and emphasizing something that we call deep sales which is 
fundamentally a, a way of using data in this way of providing data signals um, with the reams of, of data we've built up with almost a billion, almost a billion members at this point in time globally. And, you know, all the real-time job movements and posts and comments and actions digitally that are happening all the time. So I, I think that's one of the most exciting areas is this, of new of technologies is this new frontier of how AI is going to become such a deeply embedded aspect and within so many realms and, and including in ours. Hmm. That's cool. Because, I mean, we've always looked at but we looking at technology in terms of like, yeah, what can you do? Like technology helps you do a lot of things. Then there's like sales enablement and using technology to enable sales. And I think that like all things, it'll give you a lot of data, your ability to sort through it, do with it and be strategic to your point. But I think it'll make really good salespeople better because they'll be equipped with more. And I think it'll make the bad salespeople a lot more dangerous and annoying. So hopefully we <laughs> we see good thrive over evil in the world of sales there. But I'm excited to see because, you know, LinkedIn is an incredible platform on so many fronts. But yes, scrolling through, there's a lot on, on AI, artificial intelligence, but not so much a little bit on the application of sales. Um, just as we finish here, Douglas, anything else you want to leave with our readers, either about your book, about the future of sales, about things you think are important as a leader? Well, I, I do think that uh, it's going to be interesting as we witness this transition to much more of a, I would say, AI integrated you know, world, because it is going to involve, I, I think, a fundamental redefinition of what it means to be a really effective knowledge worker. And and I think that um, we are going to see people change their understanding of um, what a top performer looks like. And I think a top performer is going to be someone who is not just comfortable tech with technology and using technology, but in directing technology, right? Because as as AI becomes a uh, a partner or a companion to our own thought process. You know, the, the knowing how to be very good with the kinds of questions that you you pose to that technology, and knowing how to augment your own capability with AI capabilities, you know, that is going to be an increasingly important task. And I think that that actually requires a deeper understanding of fundamentals. Uh, it, it requires us to go back to those foundations of our respective domains and understand them more deeply such that we're asking better questions of of ai and so i i think that that and in fact i think that um it's probably just retro retroactive you know rationalization but i think you know my book is very much about the first principles of sales uh, because i think that that is the most important thing to understand in any realm are, are the first principles and I think that is going to be increasingly important for for sellers and those who are working in a B2B selling environment. So I would just uh, encourage leaders to think about the evolution of their competency model and how it's going to be much more of a partnership between, you know, human and machine you know, going ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, it made me think of like his uh, Iron Man and his suit. You know, Iron's only Iron Man's only good as as his ability to direct the suit to do things when he needs yeah. them. Uh, so you know, you use use yeah. LinkedIn as your as yeah. your Jarvis to help you move forward. And of course, what I didn't say earlier was you know your approach, your three tiered approach. It was very strategic, but strategic makes sense. You can't fight, you can't play, you can't win everywhere. So making sure that you you've approached it in the right way is critical. Where can uh, our listeners connect with you? Where can they learn more about your work and of course uh, pick up your book 
Yeah, best place to get the book is on Amazon. Uh, I also have uh, a website, salesmba.ca, uh, where you can sign up for the newsletter. And the newsletter happens through LinkedIn and through Substack every week. So uh, you can sign up to um, to both of those the, through the website. Perfect. Well, Douglas, thanks for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. And folks, be sure to connect with Douglas. And thank you again for joining us. It's an enterprise sales leader and, of course, the author of The Sales MBA, How to Influence Corporate Buyers. I think just given where the world is right now and given the proliferation of tools and given the kind of tectonic shifts in how business is going, uh, your ability to leverage technology and more precisely partner and enable yourself with it uh, smartly and strategically will be key to your success. So I look forward to seeing what's next. And Douglas, thanks again for being here today. It was a blast chatting with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, Anthony. Take care, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share. Be sure to listen to it while you're walking the dog. You know, whatever you need to do to improve your leadership. So once again, my name is Anthony Taylor. I'm the CEO at SME Strategy. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.